Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Our unique selling proposition is, hey, we're free. Technically, we are looking after you in the same way that we would a paying buyer. This is Property Invest Story, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset, and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum, and in this episode, we're keeping the conversation going with Director of Property Women and Advocate Property Services, Joe Vadillo. He will discuss a dynamic property strategy and also show you how to get the help of a buyer's agent for free. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. So, when Vidal initially began investing in property, what held her back? I'm trying to think of fear. I guess fear stopped me from buying Surrey Hill. So, like, I mean, and I do feel for people when I see them doing that investing, it's fear. But um, I really wanted to do this. Like, I really wanted to start building a property portfolio because I knew I was never going to be a multimillionaire working full time. Like, I was never, and I, nor do I want to work 80 hours a week to earn this crazy dollar and then never see my family. Like, it's just that was never where I kind of saw myself going. It just um, so. The only thing holding me back possibly was, yeah, just my borrowing capacity as a single female at that time. You know, that would have been the only thing that was holding me back because, I mean, even today, like, I mean, lending's not easy at this point in time and the more children you've got, the more properties you've got, being self-employed, I think that's always going to come down to being um, the thing that holds people back. To overcome her fears, she has educated herself so as to determine the worst case scenario and be prepared before taking any action. I think seeing the successes as well, I think that has made me realise that what's the worst case outcome that um, the worst case outcome is the property doesn't double in value. I mean, I'm buying in areas that are relatively, the, the value sustains quite nicely. Like, I mean, obviously the GFC, I think uh, in a way might have gone down nine percent I could be wrong in that number but it wasn't significant so the worst case scenario I lose my job and I sell the property and I've got some like a a debt but not not crippling debt you know like it's something to pay back that's that's you know it wouldn't kill me it wouldn't break it wouldn't break my spirit um so the worst case scenario is well especially nowadays just say that um I don't know, it, 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 rental yields really severely dropped. I mean, you can do short-term rentals, you can do exec letting. There's just so many different ways that you can change things. So for, to overcome a lot of that fear, I got educated and I still, like I said before, I, I still really am very um, focused on 
seen other other, other property um, experts speak and how they do things. I read a lot. Um, I explore different um, opportunities for my clients and for myself as well. So even though I do this all the time and I've been doing it for years, I still get something out of almost every session I ever have because it inspires me and it keeps those fires burning in my belly that I still want to continue to invest as well. So to overcome fear is to get educated and to really look at the what is the worst case outcome here? Do you have to like move into the property? Is that it? Is it an area you don't want to live in? Or do you sell it? And then therefore, what would your outgoing, what would your cost or loss be look look like? So um, I think it's really understanding a bit of an exit strategy and then I guess go for it because I think the fear of missing out on all that beautiful equity in Surrey Hills is what's burnt me more than anything else. So. This education has been enhanced by property groups and specific mentors who have shown her how to make succeeding in property possible. I guess, um, you know, property women being the group that I align myself with early, early in the piece and Rachel Barnes, I don't know if you've ever spoken with Rachel before, but she um, in her early 40s acquired 75 properties in 64 months, which, which to me was just like wow. crazy, crazy, <laughs> That's crazy phenomenal. numbers. She, um, she authored a few books. So she also wrote um, Property is a Girl's Best Friend. And I, she, she kept, became my mentor. Like, you know, she literally was my poster child for a female who didn't come from much. You know, she, she lived in a caravan until she was, I think, just 17 with her parents. And um, she now, she's now a friend of mine, you know. But I remember my first conversation with her as I kind of walked up to her and said, how do you handle it if, you know, work needs to be done? Like how do you handle 75 properties? And her answer was she has a $300 minimum and if anything needs more work over that, that the property managers then, then need to ring her. But that was my one question to her and I went, oh, my God, I just spoke to her. She's, you know, she's she's wonderful. She's a property mentor now and um, to others and she was one of my first, um, well, she was my first um, property mindset mentor and continues to be, as I said, a good friend to this day. Um, but I also um, uh, I also look at a lot of um, successful business people and I like reading things like the BRW Rich List and things like that because everybody who's got that level of, um, I guess, wealth that they've acquired, a lot, large pool of that does fall into property. And a lot of these people are like, um, you know, builders who went somewhere, you know, or they've, they've um, big developers and things like that. But I just find it very interesting in how, and how people have acquired their wealth and also how they diversified. I'm more interested these days and a bit more of diversification as well as sort of where I'm headed in terms of growing my own net worth. Vidilla gets access to these mentors through attending conferences where they speak. I'm a member of a business blueprint, which I think you know about them. Um, I look at things like, well, I read books like Tim Ferriss has got the book, The, um, the Tools of Titans. The, the BRW Rich List. When I go to a lot of the conferences that I, that I attend with Business Blueprint, they'll put speakers on. I know your podcast. Um, Chris, I saw Chris Gray speak last week. So I'm around a lot of a, a space where we are talking to or seeing speakers who who have obviously got that property success as well. And and um, and I'm just interested in seeing if they've if they've achieved a sort of a, a certain level as a small business owner. What are they doing with that money? Like where are they, how are they growing that, how are they investing it? So that's sort of how I'm exposed, I guess, to other successful and Australians as well. I do obviously, you know, there's a lot of successful Americans out there who invested well, but I'm talking about the Australian market predominantly and that's what gets gets me interested the most. Books that she would recommend for listeners to sink their teeth into include those by Scott Pate as an example, 
as well as subscribing to industry newsletters to keep up to date on trends. So I don't know who started off first with me finding Rachel. I think Dale Beaumont's books, the Property Millionaire series and Successful Female Entrepreneurs series, which is doing another version of next year. I like those sorts of books because you get, I like 12 to 16 chapters with 12 to 16 people's different stories. So I, I like that sort of, it's short and it's sharp and it keeps your, your sort of appetite up for hearing what someone has done as well. So they they tend to be the books that I gravitate towards. I haven't read, I actually read, I haven't read, haven't read a fiction book this year because I do have a tendency of skewing myself towards, um, I never would have thought this, you know, 20 years ago that I'll be, I'm reading, finally, I'm reading um, Scott Pape's book, um, The Barefoot Investor. Like it's, you know, been on the bestseller list for, for months and weeks and years and everything. And I'm actually just reading that now. So how does Vadilla build such a high volume of information to absorb the most important and relevant news? Well, with Property Women, we because we're focused so much on online education, so we've got like uh, Jane Slack-Smith, Bernadette Jansen, all these um, Dominique Grabisa, a lot of those women who are quite successful in that space. So I'm also looking at not just, and, and I'm sorry I'm skewing that female gender, but that's that is my that is the target market there. Um, I'm interested in a lot of the females who are, um, you know, professionals and experts in, in in the industry as well. So I'm I am looking to to look at people who um you you gravitate towards someone who is like minded. If you see another female who has, you know, three kids or she's just divorced or she's done this or, um, you know, when you hear when you start to um see a bit of a you, you do gravitate towards someone who lives your life or or has come through what you've come through and if that means you know a, a a difficult childhood or raising kids on your own or the death of a spouse spouse or something i find women really eat up those stories that they really want to hear from people who have walked the same walk the best advice she has ever received is to weather the storm and do your best to avoid selling your properties don't sell. Look, I um, and I have, and I have had to. Um, when I say I've had to, it's been a joint venture scenario whereby, if we didn't sell, it was family. It could have been messy, and I thought it was just easier. We all jump in at the same time. We all jump out at the same time. So that was um, probably um, a year too early for the Sydney market's craziness. Um, and adding adding value and holding. So you know, really for me, um, some of the best advice has been. Like weather the storm. Like during the GFC, like a lot of people really struggled, and people were selling properties and they were freaking out. And, and you just got to weather the storm. So I think for me, hanging in there because it did feel like when you're in the middle of it that you know, my God, you know, this is costing me money now, and it's not easy, and you know, interest rates are higher and all the rest. But now I'm on the other side of it, and I'm so glad that, you know, I, I did hang in there and I didn't sell our portfolio. God, I'm glad I didn't get scared. I, I just, um, you know, if you look at the the patterns of economy and how properties have changed and, and grown over the years, if you're able to hang on to those properties, hang on to them, do what you need to do to to avoid, especially if they're in, like, okay, if we're not talking, you know, my, I don't invest in mining towns, but if you're in a town where, all the jobs are about to dry up and you know you've got nothing going for the next 20 years, that's a different story but I buy in capital cities. So um, so it's a different, a different um, piece of advice I would offer people there. Fadila's strategy has evolved over throughout her journey beginning as a simple buy and hold and turning to further diversification in building her family home. 
initially it was always buy and hold, add value, use the equity and buy again. So we did that for I think about nine properties. Um, now we're in a position where I, what? so I, I guess I sort of touched on the fact that we might be doing this when we do this subdivision what we're going to actually be doing with it in terms of do we build on it and then sell it? Do we build on it and hang on to it? Because we're going to have this beautiful, t- you know, tax depreciation, you know, new build, and we're going to get great, you know, return. The yields work out really strong in this particular pocket, southeast Queensland. So um, my strategy, as I said, always when I started off, first one, work really hard, save up the money, buy it. I got equity out of that. I actually then went and bought two other properties Again, renovated those, got equity out of that, and then did it again and did it again. We've also bought enough super fund as well. So um, that has always been our sort of traditional way of doing things. Now we need to be a little bit more savvy and mix it up a little bit and I guess come down to what we're holding on to, what we need to sell, what we, what's going to be, um, do we sell, do we keep it? Yeah, look, it's all going to come down to being a massive feasibility chart to make that decision. Um, so building our family home is going to be, a a very expensive, um, time-consuming project. So what our strategy is after that, I don't think we're going to stop. I'd say um, I've got property in Queensland and New South Wales. I wouldn't, if I could now, I'd be buying in Newcastle, I'd be buying one of the outer suburbs of Melbourne and getting a decent-sized land outside of Melbourne. So I'm certainly always open to, to what where, where, do, where do we continue to, to build our portfolio? In the meantime, minimise our land tax obligations as well by going into state. Coming up after the break, we'll delve further into Vidilla's continually evolving strategy. We are going to go down to small sales, small developments. Um, I love dual key income and duplexes, um, especially a duplex where you can sell one side off if you need to and Discover more about her community, Property Women, and how it can aid Australian women in the market. What's really lovely is that it's a very um, supportive environment. So I want people and I want women to sort of say, hey, look, I did this and I achieved that and this is the outcome. And we all say, yay, that's excellent, you know, as opposed to a lot of Australians downplay. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. podcast listeners, if you're finding this podcast super informative, then guess what? I'm giving you an exclusive free case study from property investors like this one just for listening. These case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific strategies and numbers of their portfolio. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. With six properties and four blocks of land within her portfolio, her interest in development has come with a change of her circumstances. With that said, I, I was looking at renovations last night because every now and then I look at a renovation that's been done and go, oh, that's amazing. And I could, wouldn't we do a quick little flip like that? But, the, you know, the tax laws and the changes in the market and where we are in the property clock doesn't work and it certainly is time consuming. So I would suggest that we are going to go down to small sales, small developments, um, I love dual key income and duplexes, um, especially a duplex where you can sell one side off if you need to and maintain the other side. I like the fact that with the changes in regulations for depreciation, then I can go through and um, there's some obviously, you know, of a clear tax benefits of doing the new. 
And the bigger my portfolio gets, I guess, the less ongoing maintenance costs and time that it, that drains on myself. So if I have a newer, I never thought I would ever go down a new portfolio, like buying new properties, but it's just it is emerging that it makes a hell of a lot more sense. And we found that working with a lot of clients who are interstate, they don't want the ongoing costs and maintenance of existing properties. Some people do, like it depends on their personality type. Some people love it. They love that hands-on and, you know, depending on what people are after, I support that. But um, for what I'm doing and what how, the level of spare time that I have, I'm looking for more of a set and forget, a little bit set and forget at this point. So if I'm buying, building something new, and just getting that, that, that tenanted and um, I've still got builder's warranty and I've still got the depreciation coming through and the yield's, you know, neutral at, at best um, or worse, I should say, um, that, that, that would suit me. That's, that's going to suit us and our time. Discussing her involvement in the Property Women Group, Vidilla says the ultimate goal of the community is to educate women on how to create wealth through property from a women's perspective. Property Women started in 2006, around the time where the seminars were all, well, I mean, like, um, seminars were often, there's often men at the helm and um, women learn differently and we're also talking about a space where women are at this point getting sort of curious about renovating but not wanting to put their hand up and talk about power tools and money in the same space. We're only like 11 years on. Um it got. It was developed through an, a need and a call for just having that environment where you can ask the questions and not feel intimidated. Um, and some of the women in our group have been like members in the community for, for for those eleven years, and built massive portfolios from it. And they, they gain a lot of confidence from being around like-minded women. They're very supportive of each other. We also have affiliate partners. So if you're looking for someone who can be trusted to look after you, we've got brokers and accountants, solicitors, um, buyers, agents in different capital cities. So you can come to us and then look at those referral partners because you know they've been tried and tested by our members. We've got the online education, portfolio, um, online education which is split into two different realms. One is the springboard program, which is for people who need to really get their mindset sorted, understand how to start, where to start and how and I guess how to just basically launch into their first couple of properties. And then for the women who are greater and um, in down down the path in terms of their experience, it's the portfolio accelerator program where we discuss doing joint venture partnerships, no money down, doing options on properties as well, and just getting into things that are moving away from just your cliche residential stuff and into that sort of small level um, developments and, you know, just that next, I guess that next level, slightly more sophisticated investor as well. That's, and we do workshops as well. So the workshops are, I guess, relatively ad hoc throughout the year and we try to get around to every capital city. There is no obligation to become a member in order to attend workshops, receive their newsletters and check out their Facebook groups to find the support you need. At this point, you can jump onto the, the website and sign up to our newsletter and you'll get all that information and you can attend the workshops without being a paying member. If you want access to the online education, there is a cost point for that as well. Um, again, if you wanted to contact our office and say, look, you know, I'm about to buy in Adelaide. I live in Brisbane. I really need a, an accountant. Can you help me out? Um, we've got a really great Facebook group. One's a closed Facebook group. Another one is where people just throw questions out there, you know, do I use this or that to, in order to do the floors, you know? So, um, it's so, it's, what's really lovely is that it's a very, um, 
supportive environment. So I want people and I want women to sort of say, hey, look, I did this and I achieved that and this is the outcome. And we all say, yay, that's excellent, you know, as opposed to a lot of Australians downplay and, and, and I know women are quite guilty of downplaying their successes as well. So I quite like the fact that um, we all I encourage everyone also to to sing their sing their praises. I mean, if you just sold something you renovated and you made you know twenty two percent you know profit on that, come on, come on, you know, get congratulated. So it is a it is a really nice community in that in that sense. But it's also some of these women are doing like I've got um, one of the members, Audra. I think she's doing three developments at this point. So she hasn't left a full-time job. Others have actually left their full-time job and gone on to become buyers, agents, all brokers, and they're working in that space. Um, there's property stages. They do that. They stage property now for sale. Um, reno- like they're, per- they're renovating as a full-time job. Obviously, you need to understand if you're going to do something like that, you still need to be able to service the loan in order to do the buying. So it's broad but it really does cover all aspects of um, your education in that property space. For those who aren't aware, what are the concepts of greenfield and infield and what role does Vidilla play in this? When you, you see the house and land packages and new builds and um, they're always on big green pastures, you know, 40, 40 kilometres from the city and there's going to be you and 10,000 other people finishing at the same time, that's greenfield. That's when you go and buy something and you might be waiting a long time before the demand or the growth is in that particular patch. Infill is what we will go and find a property closer to the city where someone might have subdivided land or there's a really old house that can be just demolished very very easily and very, you know, quickly. And you're in an area that's established with great schools and transport and all the all the great infrastructure that an investor chases. And then we introduce, we work with a very small handful of builders that are really well trusted and been, you know, in the industry for a number of years. And they um, will come in and especially around southeast Queensland do dual income properties for, for our clients that yield, you know, 6% plus and duplexes as well. So we very, like I said, we're very particular. We need to physically go out and inspect what that land looks like and we help right through to lock up property management, the works. But the best thing is that's actually a service that the builder will cover our costs as opposed to it being like a typical buyer's agent where there is a fee for service. So um, our clients are loving that because they're getting a brand new property or properties and, um, you know, they've got all those depreciation benefits and, a, you know, a supported service that helps them right through to getting it managed by um, a great local property ma- uh, manager. Wow, that's a huge point of difference. So, just to clarify, are you saying that if they went and did this type of service with you, that the, the actual purchaser doesn't actually need to pay a fee to you but the builder covers that cost? That's right. Wow, okay. So that's our USP, our unique selling proposition is, hey, we're free. Technically, we are looking after you in the same way that we would a paying buyer's agent where someone's come to look for an existing property but we find the land, we support you in terms of buying that, we talk, we deal with your broker, we deal with your solicitor, get that land purchased, then we help you with, look at the contract also and work with the builder. Make sure, first of all, that all the numbers stack up, that it's going to not have any um, unforeseen building costs, that's all going to be, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a way that will get you um, a really strong yielding property. And the build times are often only half a year. So if you were to sign up this week, you'd probably be looking at June 30 to have a lockup. So the turnaround time is good and it's fast. And we we actually physically go and inspect those properties along the way just to make sure everything's tracking well and you've got a regular feed of photos coming through as well so you know what's going on. doesn't matter if you're in, in interstate, you're going to have um, yeah, a great outcome in the end. 
for personal habits which have contributed to her success, perseverance is the name of the game. Look, I review our portfolio a lot. Like I look at what's 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 happening. Um, you know, I'm talking not even just about where it is. I know what where it is. I know what rent I'm getting. But um, if the rent hasn't been reviewed, um, what interest rates am I paying on that particular one? But there's, so there's, I do that quite regularly. But I think one of the habits I'm quite tenacious and I'm a, I'm a real perseverer. So if someone says you can't do that, I will never take no for an answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think as as a personality trait, um, look, I, I exercise that on a daily basis because I'm doing it for my clients as well. So it's not just about me. It's also about, um, you know, if I'm looking for properties for people, I will find other ways. I'll negotiate and I'm going to be quite ruthless. But, um, yeah, I, I my personality type really does lend itself to being I'm just naturally someone who will just keep going and going and going. Fadila's big goals for retirement include a number of complex projects such as subdivisions and knockdown rebuilds. I've, my immediate um, goal, not for the business for me personally, is a big subdivision project that I'm doing on two properties that will um, give us four parcels of land. Of course, build the road that I've already referenced. Um, so that'll be four parcels of land. Now, what I really need to do is discuss this in greater depth with the town planner because the decision may be to buy and hold, sorry, to hold it, to sell it, to, you know, do we just sell the land with the dream of the, you know, the property on that and therefore is are the numbers better if we build it ourselves? So there's a whole bunch of number crunching that is going to be um, taking up a lot of my headspace in the next couple of years. My big um, thing for my immediate family group is that we're going to do a knockdown rebuild and I want to build a, a pretty decent-sized property here in Sydney. Um, it, it will be, you know, like a, the, the home that I've we've been we, – we go into our homes all the time and now I get to a point where I look at existing housing stock and it's like, nah, <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to suffice. So one of my big decisions now is what builder to use, what that's going to look like, how we're going to utilise the land, the sun, the trees, you know, all that kind of stuff. I know I've got a battle on my hands with council because it's potentially in a, fl- a flame zone or a bow 40, which means the costs are going to go up. So all of these things are not simple little projects. They're quite significant when you're running businesses and a household as well. Personally, her goals are to spend time with her young family while she has the opportunity with plans to travel to Europe in the near future. One thing my husband Greg and I have a huge passion for is travel with the children as well and we've travelled quite a lot with them in the last few years. So in 2018, we're actually travelling for nine weeks in two, two different segments. So um, as crazy as that might sound, it's just that point where I've, my oldest child now is year five and it's a good time to take an extended leave and my husband was born in Spain so we want to do Europe as well. So whilst that holds back other things just in terms of, you know, not being present on the ground as well, I need to live and exist and breathe while my children are young and they still want to hang out with me. (laughs) I don't want all this to be done and dusted and I've got this 15-year-old that's like, you've got to be kidding me, I'm not spending seven weeks with you in Europe, mum. I really want to, I just, I feel as I've gotten older and I've lost friends and family and you just kind of realise that whilst this is all wonderful and it's all great to have all these projects, you still need to live and breathe and and, um, have a life and just enjoy that journey and the journey is always going to be going for me. So that is, um, so they're some pretty decent size um, projects and plans that I do have and we're very much like that, Greg and I. Like we do look at these goals and we plan out the year in advance. So we do spend some time in January 
uh, several days and it's not just about whilst business planning is one thing and looking after our clients but it's also about us as well so what is going on you know what are our plans and give ourselves some deadlines because otherwise you know one new year becomes another new year and you're just moving over what your goals are every year and and, um, time gets away really fast If Vadilla were to meet herself from 10 years ago, what advice would she give to her younger self? From a property perspective, I'd say buy more, buy more, buy more in Sydney. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But easier said than done, I was on maternity leave this time 10 years ago. Um, And I just got married. And what would I say to her? Look, I would... She would not have believed you, Eve, or myself, whoever's talking to who. <laughs> um, she would not believe that she'd be working in an industry that she absolutely loves. And when um, my husband said to me, you know, maybe you should look at becoming a buyer's agent or, you know, getting trained up in this, we'd actually used the services of a, of a buyer's agent, but it wasn't called that at the time. It was sort of a very, emer- very new emerging profession in Australia. Um, and I had my boss when I was working in marketing say, you really should work in property. And I was like, I don't want to be a selling agent. I don't want to work Saturdays in a suit. I've got a young family now. It's not going to work. And, and to think that I could, I was already doing pro bono buyer's agent work. My friends were taking me out to open homes. They were asking me to help with the research. Um, I was already negotiating for family. I was already doing the work. Now I just made it the monetary um, gain and a benefit to the family unit. Within 12 months, my husband had finished um, work. He'd quit his job to work with me full time and the business just grew and grew and grew as Sydney went crazy as well. Um, People were missing out at auctions. So whilst we offer a full done-for-you service, people were saying, I just need you to attend an auction because I'm going to be in Melbourne that weekend. And so there's it's a little bit more, um, I guess, bespoke in terms of the service that we have offered people. They found the property, but they need us to negotiate because they can't handle talking to agents about money. It freaks them out, you know. So some people just don't like that conference level of confrontation as well. So not that I, I, I actually I find agents are fantastic mostly to work with because it's about building rapport and just treating them with respect, and they want to see you get the property as well. So I find I've worked with some really fantastic agents and I've built this network now that we get off-market tip-offs on a regular basis, even in the heat, even in the heat of Sydney, going through um, this massive growth. And people would say, why would you ever sell an off-market property? It's like because people are private. They don't want their neighbours to come and have a sticky beak. They don't want them to know they've lost their job, that they're getting divorced. They just don't want to have to clean the house because they've got six kids, you know. For so many reasons, these properties exist, you know, and they are there. It's depending on your network. If you get your foot in the door, you can really get yourself some really, you know, get ahead of the market and get a good property. If you'd like to find out more about Vadilla services and discover the right strategy for your investing journey, you can visit the company website or the Property Women website for more information. Well, we've got the two two online, um, our two um, our two, oh, again, our two sites. <laughs> it's advocateservices.com.au, which is our buyer's agent service, and we also do we buy property um, infill land and also help people support them during the small development builds as well and um, propertywomen.com.au. So if you're looking for online education or you just want to be a part of the greater community and and sign up to receive our newsletters, then please, by all means, jump on board because, you know, the water's warm and it's all good. Thank you to Joe Vidillo, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. 
If you want to hear more about her journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar, Joe Vidilla and select that episode to learn more about her story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinvestory.com to receive your free case studies. Thanks for listening.